18. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheep, enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. What a privilege for me is to be here this morning and uh, as well i want to congratulate to my uh, colleagues uh, fathers or if i don't know if i can use another word but my co-partners in in fatherhood <laughs> so many blessings upon you and i, I was reflecting I, I felt very blessed today in the morning when my two daughters wake up very early and they were giving me some uh, little gift that they did and i, I was thinking well the, the, the reason that I am, I, I am celebrating this day is because of them. And I am grateful for, for Annelise and for Amelia. And I just ask the Lord that he will uh, help me and all the fathers, you know, uh, to be like our Heavenly Father, to imitate him and, and, and be a, a reflection of his uh, love and care to, to my family. So uh, before we start uh, with uh, the, today's uh, passage, let's open with a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you the way that you have left, uh, left it uh, for us, Lord, for our edification, Lord, for our encouragement, for our correction. 
we pray that you will open uh, today our, our ears, Lord, our eyes to see um, what you have prepared before us uh, um, for this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to start this morning with a, a clarification. The Bible was not written uh, with the chapters and verses uh, we use today to find a passage uh, in, in the Bible. Yes, the chapters and the verses are not inspired. The Bible is inspired. All the, the scriptures, as, as Timothy tells us, are inspired by God and are useful for our uh, correction, our edification, but not the chapters and the verses. Uh, and this is, very, this is very important to clarify because chapter 9 and chapter 10 of the uh, on the Gospel of John uh, are the same event, are not two different events, are the same event. And in chapter 9, it begins, it begins when Jesus healed a blind man. You will probably uh, recall this story from last month when I was preaching about chapter 9. And at the end of chapter 9, there are two different responses to this miracle. The man who was healed recognized that Jesus was the Son of God. And the Bible tells us in chapter 9 that he worshipped him. But in the other hand, the Pharisees, they refused to believe even after seeing the miracle that Jesus did in front, almost in front of their eyes. And not only that, at the end of chapter, of chapter 9, the Pharisees take the man out of the synagogue and out of the temple. They took from this man every chance to participate in religious duties. And this, this is the context uh, that leads us to chapter 10. The continuation is in chapter 10. Jesus, seeing this, tells them the following in verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Jesus, who has seen what they did to this man, is not happy what has happened to this man. So he uses a metaphor that is well known to his audience. This metaphor is not as familiar to us as it was to them. Today, if someone tells us, Jesus is like a, a Peggy's Cove lighthouse, 
we immediately transport ourselves to Peggy's Cove, and we immediately understand what, we are, what this person is talking about. We saw the rocks, we saw the lighthouse in the rock, and we understand that we are trying to say Jesus is unmovable on the rock. It's, 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 that is impressive to be there, right? So, we all know what we are talking about. Or if, if someone tells us God knows everything about you as Facebook knows every item you are looking to buy on the internet, we all understand what we are talking about because that is, that's something that we are familiar. So when Jesus is talking to these people, he is using an illustration, a metaphor that they can understand. And that's what we read in verses 2 to 5. If you go with me and read these verses, we, it says, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens the sheep hear his voice from him, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them. As um, we were seeing the children's story with Wilma, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice a stranger they will not follow but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers when he says this this sounds unfamiliar to us but i want to uh, ask you this morning do not allow this unfamiliarity with this culture to distract us from what Jesus is teaching us here in this passage. As I said initially, he is using a metaphor to make his point clear. Jesus is upset with what they have done to this blind man. So he tells them, you are, supposedly, you are supposedly the leaders of this sheep, but this is what you really are. You are thieves and you are robbers. So now he's going to use this and he's going to make a contrast um, between the Pharisees and himself. We are going to see what are the characteristics of a good shepherd. And the first characteristic that we find of a good, good shepherd is that the good shepherd has a relationship with the sheep. In those days, there was a large pen for all the sheep in the community. At the end of the day, the shepherds brought their small flocks into this communal fold where all the sheep 
all the sheep were mixed. Are you, are you getting the picture? All there are there, there together mixed. The next day, when the shepherd began to call their sheep, every sheep recognized the voice of their shepherd and came to him. In fact, a good shepherd was so intimately involved with the care and nurturing of the sheep that he named each one of them. It was not unusual for the shepherd to call them by their name. So imagine, one might have been called Big Nose, like mine, or probably Big Ears, or probably Fluffy, you know, any kind of different names according to their characteristics, right? So what, what, they were, that what Jesus is showing us here is the tenderness of the shepherd with his sheep. Jesus was using this illustration to talk about himself, to talk about his care, to talk about, about his love and his tenderness toward us in contrast with the religious leaders of his time. This illustration of the good shepherd is used a lot in the Old Testament. A lot of Psalms mention that the Lord is my shepherd. And that's why even David expresses how God knows him deeply even before he was born. And I encourage you this afternoon, if you have never read Psalm 139, please take time. It's not going to take you more than five minutes. Take time today in the afternoon and read Psalm 139, and there you will find out how much the shepherd knows you. But in the same way, in the New Testament, Jesus, Jesus is telling us that he knows us in the most intimate way possible. He knows our past. And he knows the pain that our past is still bringing to our, to our bodies. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I remember my past, I feel even pain in my, in my body with the memories of the things that I have done or the things that people have done to me. But Jesus knows you intimately. Jesus knows our present and our unfulfilled longings. He knows us in the most endearing way. And I even wonder if our shepherd names us by some of our characteristics. I don't know, probably sometimes Jesus may, may have named me, come on, my fearful, my fearful uh, sheep. <laughs> or uh, sometimes like Jesus, come on, grumpy. You know, or, or, or come on, come on, gooly ball, 
you know, some of our characteristics with a loving care, Jesus come, come on, you, come on, you are mine. Don't worry, I, I know you, and I know your name. Because of the lack of care from the religious leaders, Jesus called them in a very strong way. You are strangers. You are thieves. You are robbers. When they had to show, when they had to show tenderness and care and celebrate the healing of a blind man, they expel him and try to destroy his reputation. And that is why Jesus was telling them, you are not shepherds. You are thieves, robbers, and you are wage earners. And that's what Jesus said in verses 12 and 13. If you go with me and read the verses 12 and 13, Jesus tells, he who is a higher hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees. The one who is a higher hand flees because he is a higher hand and cares nothing for the sheep and let's make a pause right here how much harm religion does without a relationship with the great and good shepherd Jesus this is what Jesus is talking about here religion demands Religion asks for you to do and then to do more and demands eh, 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 that you need to obey rules and that you need to behave in certain ways. It takes advantage of us, but it does not care for us. It does not protect us. And it does not provide for us. And when everything goes wrong, we find, we find ourselves alone because religion does not help us in times when, they, when we really need it. Because having a religion is not the same as having a relationship with the good shepherd. But the second thing that we are going to see, a, a characteristic of a good shepherd, is that the good shepherd provides for the sheep. And if we go with me to chapter 10, verses 7 to 10, says, So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. 
and who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will save, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thieves, the thief, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came, beautifully, Jesus said. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. What was Jesus referring to here by calling himself the door? Well, let me tell you a little story. An Old Testament uh, professor traveled to the Holy Land, and while traveling, he, he encountered a shepherd and his sheep. The professor was very interested in knowing more about the profession of a shepherd. So they began to talk a lot, to the point that the shepherd showed him the sheepfold where he took the sheep to rest at night. This is where my sheep rest and are perfectly safe, the shepherd told him. But the fold has no door, replied the Old Testament professor. I am the door, said the shepherd. The surprised professor said, what do you mean that you are the door? The shepherd answered him again, when the daylight has gone and the sheep are inside, I lie down in the doorway, and no sheep ever goes out but across my body. And no wolf comes in unless it crosses me. I am the door. And this, this is what Jesus was referring to when he says, I am the door. In order to enter the fold, you have to go through Jesus. In the same way, in order to go out and look for green pastures, you have to go through Jesus. I am the door. I am the one who protects you, and I am the one who provides for you. When someone enters through the door, who is Jesus, he finds salvation and protection. But at the same time, the one who passes through Jesus, who is the door, finds provision for all their needs. Because Jesus is the door who provides protection and provides green pasture when you crawl across him. And that's what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. 
this passage of Scripture reminds me uh, uh, very much of Psalm 23. And this is very interesting because Jesus was using a, a metaphor that God in the Old Testament was using for himself. In the Old Testament, he is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. And then the Pharisees now, they are hearing, I am the good shepherd. So they, are, they understood that Jesus was telling them, I am God. No confusion there. I am the God who will, will keep you, will protect you. So they noticed that Jesus was taking the place of God because actually he was God. So when we read Psalm 23, we should think about Jesus. The Lord says, verse 1, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they, they comfort me. And then says, you prepare, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. I came to give a life and to give it abundantly. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the pen, in the sheepfold of the Lord forever. Finally, the good shepherd sacrifices himself for the sheep. Jesus is not, is not like the leaders of the world. He does not act like an employee. Instead, he is the good shepherd who is willing to sacrifice himself for the love of his sheep. Jesus came to this earth to lay down his life for his sheep. And look what verses 11 says at the end. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then in verse 15 says, I lay down my life for the sheep. And then verse 17, I lay down my life only to take it up again. And at the end of verse 18 says, no one, no one. And this is one of the most 
beautiful verses that I have found in Scripture. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down and I authority to take it up again. Dear brothers and sisters, it was not the religious leaders of Jesus' time who crucified Jesus. Nor was it the Romans. He could have called thousands angel, thousand angels if he wanted to. But remember, no one takes it from me. He was taking my life. No one takes takes it from me, but I lay it down. Jesus gave himself out of love for each of his sheep. Such is the shepherd we proclaim this morning. Jesus says, I am the door. And in another place, he said, I am the way, the same. And indeed, he is the door, and he is the way. There is no other way to come to have a relationship with the Father, but through the door, Jesus Christ. And this morning, if anyone watching us this morning has never experienced a personal relationship with the shepherd, with the good shepherd Jesus, nor his provision, nor his sacrifice. If you have never accepted or received the gift that Jesus, the good shepherd, gave for you, means his life. If you are watching this morning, that means that Jesus is looking for you. Jesus is looking for you. And for all of us that already enjoy a relationship with Jesus, if you already belong to the flock, Jesus wants you to know that he knows your deepest, Jesus knows your deepest fears. Jesus knows your deepest longings. Jesus knows your deepest needs and he wants you to know that he came that you may have life and have it abundantly he is your shepherd let's pray thank you lord for this beautiful passage where you teach us where you teach us that you are the good shepherd, Lord. No, you are not a religion. No, you are not like the religious leaders that take advantage. 
but you are the shepherd that, are, that sacrificed your life in order to give us what we really needed. And this morning, I pray for those who are watching us this morning and they do not know the Good Shepherd. I pray that you will open their ears and they will hear your voice and they will recognize your voice and they will say, yes, I am here, Good Shepherd, come for me. And for all of us, Lord, that are or belongs to you already, we pray, Lord, that we will never, will never um, forget that you are our Good Shepherd and that you are in control of our diet. You are in control of every need and that you are for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Good Shepherd. Amen. 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 Let's sing together this beautiful song with Carr. I love the chorus of this song. It says, Now we know there was no other way to release the world from sin. You endured the cross, despised the shame, opened heaven's gates so that we might enter in.